And good evening, Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope, as well as our other streaming uh, channels. And uh, after a couple weeks of uh, being off uh, for the holidays and so forth and so on, we are back with Crown Rules, and um, we're not going to go over our question that we usually go over to discuss the book, but we have a special guest today, and um, we're just going to do our introduction to Julia's book and what it's about and what we try to do every Thursday at 9 o'clock, and we'll go and get into the show. Hello. Welcome to Let's Talk Crown Rules with our host, Quentin Ford, and myself, Julia Dozier. I am the author of two books focused on the health and well-being of relationships within the Black community. My first published book, Crown Rules, One Woman's Journey to the Sun, is an explorative journey into the heart, mind, and soul of a woman. It is designed for the rebuilding of a woman's self-identity, her purpose, and her vision for her future. The book contains journaling exercises for her to document her transformation on her journey to the throne. The second edition will be available in 2021. My current book release, Crown Rules 2, How Black Men Love, is purposed to provide healing and restoration to the relationships we conduct within our race by establishing first and foremost that black men do love. The book contains interviews held with 10 black men at different ages and stages of their lives. They share the meaning, perspective, and their experience of love in their own words. Each week, Quentin and I look forward to discussing the book and one of the 13 questions asked of each man. And we invite you, our audience, to share your questions, your thoughts, your experience, and your wisdom as we journey through black love. So sit back, relax, and let's talk Crown Rules. Please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Yeah, like Julia said in the introduction video, this is something that we go over each week in um, the last couple of weeks. Because of the holidays, we weren't able to go over the book. Um, and this is a special show. Um, what I mean is that Julia interviewed 10 gentlemen in the book and 10 gentlemen in different aspects of their lives. And she asked them 13 questions. And we had been trying to, we, we try to get guests on the show so everybody could see the people behind the words uh, and just not just Julia as this amazing author. But tonight we have one of the gentlemen who participated in this, in my opinion, groundbreaking uh, undertaking that can help uh, change the ills of the complexity of black men and black women relationships, even if it may be interracial relationships or whatever, but some of the complexities of why, uh, how black men love and um, some of the things that may or may not be as transparent to some people that they may not understand. Uh, good evening, Julia. Good evening, Coleman. Good evening, Quentin. How are you? Now, now, now for the, the folks that have the book, Coleman is chapter eight. That's his, that's his name. <laughs> okay, Julia. Yes. Let's let's talk about you and this you and this uh, gentleman's uh, session to get to these questions. Yes. Um, first of all, I'm so glad that we're back. Um, and also happy new year to everyone and to Coleman. I'm 
so grateful that you agreed to be with us this evening so that our, <laughs> audience, our audience can see you and can hear from you. I'm sure you have a lot of important things to share with us tonight. So thank you so much. Um, Quentin, it was actually a joy and a pleasure um, interviewing Coleman, um, as you said, for this important work. Um, I think like most men, um, it was it was a little difficult for for Coleman to answer some of these questions, very intimate, but <laughs> wow, he, he opened up completely and he shared so much and I learned so much from him. So I'm so grateful um, that he was willing to participate um, in the interview for the book. Okay. Yeah. We 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 gonna we're gonna get right we're gonna get right to it. Um Coleman, I I sent you a video, and and before we get into some of the things that I noticed in the chapter of the book, and um, just explain about yourself, who you know, where you from, you know, who who are who's Coleman, chapter eight. <laughs> I'm just, I consider just a man that loves God. I, uh, my desire is that when I leave someone leave something with everyone that I meet. I pray and trust that uh, that my life experience can uh, come out from not only just from what I say and what I do, but how I act. My integrity is more important to me than most anything else. I want you to know that what I tell you, I think about what I want to say. And then when I say it, I want to make I want you to know that it's been researched, thought about, and just back and, and, and background. I don't just try to give random responses at all. Basically, that's about who I would like to be, who I am. I, I'm at myself, so I'm okay, I'm, I'm good with that. And it, it wasn't like that always. And I think that's for a lot of people. I think one of our primary strives is to point to where when we look in the mirror, we're happy with ourselves. One of, one of the things that, um. We had the opportunity to do as I uh, was able to send you a video clip, and I want to play this video clip. And it's a video clip of uh, uh, the great Ayala Vincent, and she was uh, giving some advice to a mother and a son. And the reason why okay. I thought that this this video clip would be appropriate is because. The first question of the book that she asked every gentleman, as well as, as yourself, is Julia asked, uh, what was your first experience of love? Who's your first example? Example of love. And you had experienced your mom. Mm -hmm. So I just want to play the video clip. And I, and I would like just your feedback on the video clip and how it may or may not be able to tie into your answer. Look at me, Ma. Look at me. Okay. Look at me. You just sat here and told your son, who ain't got a needle in his arm, who I'm assuming pays his own rent. He's married to a registered nurse. He's got three baby boys. And you just sat here in his face and said, I don't respect him as a man. Mm -hmm. And you don't think to consider what that does to his heart, to his soul, to his spirit. I'm sure that's hurtful. And you okay with that? 
And it's hurtful for the things that he says. Uh, but there me. you go. You're doing it. You're doing it right now. You're doing it right now. Yes, I'm like, holding you accountable and you spinning. You're spinning your web. I you're trying to get away. You're trying to get away. Tell me. Just Here's the question. Just answer it. We'll get back to that okay, other stuff I, later. I, Tell I, me. Forgive me. I respect him. He's a wonderful man. Do you understand that your mouth, your voice, your words are connected to the coils in his heart? to the vows in his heart. He can't help but love you. And every time you dishonor that love, you chip a piece of it, chip a piece of it. This is why in our culture as black people, when the boys turn a certain age, the men come and get him and take him away from the mother because she can emotionally manipulate him. But since we don't live in our culture no more, we say what we want to say, do what we want to say. We tear our men down and then wonder why they don't make good husbands and fathers. Mothers destroy sons. His mother can speak to him in certain ways that destroy him in ways that can never be repaired. And I just want to read something real quick before we start. To, to get into that question, all images and used are owned by their respective companies. Copyright disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976. Allowances made for fair use for copyright. Disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976. Allowances made for the fair use and purpose, such as criticism, comment, news reporting, scholarship, research. Fair uses as permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit educational and personal use tips and the balance in favor of fair use. Wow. Now that video, um, Coleman. Yes. Uh, I'm going to ask you, with your expertise of, uh, like I said, you were part of a, a, a groundbreaking book with this wonderful author, Julia. What do you feel about that uh, clip there? Uh, I don't know. Um, Quentin, I'm, I'm still having technical difficulties. The video came in choppy. I wasn't able to view all of it. but And I do apologize for that. Uh, if, if you can give me a, a synopsis of the video, then I, maybe we can go from there. I'm not sure what's going on with me. It's um, Maybe it's a Wi-Fi stepping on each other or whatever like that, but the video did not completely play. I did see the young man, and I think I viewed part of the video earlier, but it stopped on me as well. So, And I do apologize for that. But if you give me a synopsis of the video. Um, it, it, it was basically the uh, the mother was criticizing the son. I guess it was some backdrop. The mother was criticizing the son for some things that he may or may not have been doing. And actually, uh, he wasn't, quote unquote, uh, as we would say, a bad kid. A bad young man taking care of his family, and he should be more honorable. And basically, Alala was saying that mothers make bad men, mm. and you know, so he's eventually going to be a bad husband in their relationship. I don't want to take the words out. I mean, the video. I'll send it to you another time. I mean, I I don't even like to give a synopsis of it. I just think it's just profound that Ayala, like she nailed it. Um, in my opinion, I just really wanted your opinion because in question number one of the book, you explained how the relationship with you and your mother 
you remember that at that young of an age. Yeah. 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 Um, my mother, like, I'm from the South, so my mother was um, uh, most important in my upbringing, as most, hopefully, as most mothers are, about the nature of the way things are. And um, I remember, yeah, I, I remember, yeah, my first example of love was through my mom, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, but yeah, uh, it's um, you said you're a little choppy yeah. on your end, right? Yes, Julia. Yes, you said you had some questions for Coleman. I do. Um, just going back to the video, I know he wasn't able to see all of it, but Coleman, one of the things that you said in response to the question was that your your relationship with your mom was your first attachment. Not so much that your father didn't do that, but your mom was your first att attachment. And you talked about how it showed you the realism of, of like how love exists. What do you think is the consequence of, of young men growing up in environments where they don't experience that healthy attachment? How does that play out? in relationships as they, they mature? Well, as, as from what, from part of the video that I did view, we are complicated beings. And it, it, it came to me when David was in the mountain and he was talking to God that we we're wonderfully and remarkably uh, made. What I mean by that is that um, there are certain ingredients that make up a, our character. And without these things, it's like making a cake. <laughs> We're basically just cakes. Without certain ingredients, we can't be that particular, we can't be that particular cake. The, the, the element of your mom is so important and your father is just as important, but the element of your mom is so important in your, in your outcome that it'll result in what kind of cake you would end up being. With my mom, I was blessed to have a mom that, that went through some struggles but when by the time she had met my dad, she had uh, she had already had been through two other men that I know. I'm not sure of her whole past, but I know she had children by two other men. And by the time she met my dad, I think God's timing was so perfect in her making of me. Or well, when I came in, I had I benefited from the experience that she went through with 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 other with other men. See, we don't get to the top by just uh, coming out on top. We don't wake up out of bed and step on the top. No, we have to get up and we have to go through some things. Now, mom mm. is a crucial part to that. Mm. Mm. Julie, <laughs> <laughs> Jules, you got her here. Ask, get on them. <laughs> I thought you had some questions. I, I, I do. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. Okay. So Coleman, I know it's been it's been some time since we had the interviews, but can you talk to us about the experience of the interview? Yes, I first felt honored at this being chosen, and it's something that plays in actually Quentin. It's something that plays in every young black man that has a purpose that that desires a purpose out of life. It's, we we want to have things that we want to share. And when the interview came up and when the subject came up about the, the whole book, I, it was like a grand ideal. It was something that we all want to do. 
And me having the, the project to to play as my personal experience on 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 the certain chapter of the book, I was on it. I was flabbergasted. <laughs> not Coleman, not to not to not to get on you about the book, right? But I I was rereading this and I thought that this was very interesting that you said this. And um, okay. you know, speak, speaking on a personal level, I went through the same situation that you talked about in the book. You said, I think the biggest mistake we do is that when we are seeking love, we try to find we try to find it in other people, but it's not there. It's in us. When we stop looking for love in other folk and start looking for purpose in God or looking towards ourselves, the next thing you know, we're right there. Amen. Woo. Amen. Woo. Man. So so when if if you don't mind me asking, I I know it is you know you're a man of a certain age, and um, we we're peers. We're probably about the same age. Okay. What, what did what what was like the the uh the bell ringing moment for you, like when it clicked? Like okay, this is the this is my purpose in life. This is what I believe that God has in store for me and my purpose in life. What 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 was it? What was the defining moment? Hmm. I was weird. I grew up weird. I, as I retrospect my life, I, I remember doing things like, Lord have mercy, this nerd, this guy was, I, I did stuff weird. I never quite fit in with, uh, with, with, with my peers. I never, I, I, I never did anything. I, I remember when I was 10 and I asked my mother, I said, uh, mother, what do I need to do to not go to hell? Or not to go to jail. <laughs> and she, so I said, I said not to go to jail and not to go to H E L L because we weren't allowed to say jail hell in. And she said, Well, and now Quentin, this is my mom. She said, To not go to jail, obey the law of the land. To not to go to hell, obey God's law. Okay, simple answer. All my life I tried to follow that example. My friends would tell me after we got together, I was lot of my twenties or something like that. We got together. My friends would tell me, like, no, we couldn't do that stuff around you because we know you wouldn't break the law. We know you. Oh, yeah, you front like you was all bad, but we know that you wouldn't break the law. <laughs> <laughs> it came to me. It, it, it was, it was um, I was always like that. And then when I accepted my calling to, to preach the word of God, it felt like breathing. It felt like. It felt like a fish in water or a bird in air. It felt so natural to me. As a matter of fact, when uh, when I got on Facebook and talked to kids, or talked to my uh, 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 co my, my, my friends from back in high school, they were not surprised. That amazed me when you when you found out I was a minister of the gospel after all these years, and I hadn't seen these people in over thirty years. They said, "Oh no, we're not surprised at all." You talk, you talk about, um, in the book, you talk about um, one of the things that's most frightening about love is losing it. Yeah. You, you want to you speak on that? Because that, that sometimes, for a lot of people, is the wall or fear or that frightening aspect of not wanting to commit. Mm -hmm. You may know that the person that is in your life, uh, you love them. You may feel like yeah. you had, can have a future for them, but you're scared to lose them. So now you're doing 
self-sabotaging things. Uh, you know, you're playing that mental chess, so to say. And, you know, yeah. you, you're playing it out instead of living it out. <laughs> right. I like that. And, and I will use that. Thank you. <laughs> but the reason I think, the reason we're most afraid of losing love is because we're afraid of the unknown. We don't mm -hmm. know what to do until we know about ourselves, who we are. We don't know what to do without this person or someone else. And without, without that, we got to keep what we know because it's tangible. It's something that we can hold, feel, manipulate, uh, carry out, see, smell, hear. When we lose that tangibility and we don't have it in ourselves, I think that frightens us the most. Hmm. Yeah, many, many, times, many, many times you'll hear a person, they'll say, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm single or whatever. I'm single. And the reason why I'm single is because of my past. And it's like the individual is holding himself hostage from their past instead of looking to be happy and looking to be, and they'll be like, oh, I'm happy. I'm happy. No, Well, in my personal opinion, I don't think nobody's happy by themselves. I believe that right. we were all here to be compatible with other people. Yeah. So they'll be saying, I'm happy so much or talking about their past so much that now two years don't want by, five years don't want by, 10 years mm -hmm. don't want by. And instead of being happy and meeting someone and, and, and you combining your happiness with their happiness, they letting that stuff hold uh, hold them hostage, that fear and that frightening part that you discussed in the book. I, I thought that was amazing. I mean, like I told, I always tell Julia every week, when we discussed the book on air and off air, I really, really enjoyed this book. I'm an avid reader myself. Mm -hmm. And um, as we would say, you guys took the barbershop talk out the barbershop <laughs> and uh, des described some things about how we love and, you know, how we may not uh, express ourselves the way that our women, uh, wives, girlfriends, mothers, sisters, daughters they may not need they may need us to express it a little bit more mm. not only need to it is required my brother mm. yes Coleman <laughs> you have a question <laughs> so what do you think about the saying tis better to, to have loved and lost than never to love at all <laughs> have you tried it no <laughs> no you ache for weeks. You ache. It's uh no. It's not better to have love and lost than not loved at all. Um, the beauty of love, the beauty of companionship, can never be compared to anything else. Anything else, single man. I'm not. Can the relations, the relationships that you enjoyed the most, Quentin or Julia, can they be compared to being single? No, it's no. not. It's not. No, it's it's um. No, I no, I know it's a little cute saying, but I totally disagree with that. <laughs> it's, better to love, it's better to love and keep than uh, yeah, to, to love and love. <laughs> I know it doesn't work out like that, but I think and um, the biggest thing, one of the biggest thing we do is um, it's easier to, to know where we've been because we've seen that environment than to go where we don't know. 
Hmm. It's easier to be a part of our surroundings that we're familiar with than to go than to go somewhere else that we don't know. Let me ask you. Let me ask you, Coleman. After after uh, going through these questions, and then Julia is still doing more research, and this is the she's on the second edition to this book now. Um, when you yes. look back at your answers, then compared to where you are now, where you are now in life, and where you were then, what do you uh, what do you say? Actually, I appreciate that question. It's a very good question because we tend to grow from our experience, even our answer. One thing that's important about this book, or one thing this book has helped me in, is that when uh, we, a lot of times we're lost because we don't know what questions to ask. Once we find out what questions to ask, then we can begin to challenge those questions. And what I've learned from my answer as I uh, look at the answer, like some of the answers I look at, I say, oh, wow, I was a genius. <laughs> I could probably say that a little better, but uh, where I was then and where I am now, I could, I would like to hope and think that I have a more mature answer because if we're looking at this, if we're looking at the same thing, the way we did, way we did then than we are now, we hadn't progressed, we hadn't moved, we hadn't done anything. Mm. Mm. Coleman, I have a question for you. Um, during the during the course of our interview and our conversation initially, you were sharing with me how you would meet with couples and you would talk to them about the importance of having a reason for for why they are together. Do you still think that it's important for people to have a reason, like to remember why they fell in love and to hold on to that reason and then what do they do when that, how do they maintain love when that reason might change? What's your thought on that? Very good. Before, when we're lost, it's a natural instinct, it's innate in us to go back to anywhere where we remember to where we can regain our footing, to go back to the one place that we know that is safe. That's, <laughs> that's how a lot of uh, police find criminals. Because the first thing they do when they escape, they go back to somewhere that's familiar. They, the first place they go is stay home. When we're lost, that's the first thing we do. When we forget, and it's my theory, and I've come to see this consistency as I've talked to couples, that the reason that they're, uh, that uh, yes, we mature in their relationships, but the main reason that it, it, it develops into a path, it takes a path that they don't want it to go is because they forget the main reason why they started the journey. And mm -hmm. without, when, if, if, and when you get lost in your relationship, when you grow to have different ideas and different opinions and different paths, always remember when you can remember why we started this journey, then you can build a better house and you can take a better path. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. I want. I want to go back to something that you had said before. You said when you looked at your when you look at your answers today, you see how you have matured. Is there one particular question that you answered in the past that you would answer differently today? Uh, I, no, I don't remember any one uh, particular one. I know I do remember the uh, the question that I was just asked because mm -hmm. I want to stay consistent on that. I want to stay consistent. I am. I am convinced. 
that that answer, that response is so important to, um, to the success of any relationship. It happened with me. It happened with uh, couples that I've, I've talked to. You may think that you've grown and grown in different paths. And that, and that may happen. We, 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 our experience changes us. But when you're with someone and you're committed to being with someone, you really want to be with someone, remember why you, I still, I still say that, remember why you're with them. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think like, you know, Coleman, man, like, like I, I can't over, I got something for you. I always come with some tricks and surprises. <laughs> okay. Monkey wrenches, Coleman. Monkey wrenches. <laughs> well, don't tell me it's one of my ex-girlfriends. Okay. <laughs> can you hear that? I can. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's your favorite yeah, love that. song, huh? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Woo! For those in the chat that couldn't hear, Coleman's favorite love song. It's by the Manhattans. It feels Manhattan. so good to be loved so bad. Yeah, yeah. What, 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 what's your history to that song, Coleman? Let's talk about that. <laughs> I was um, I was dating a young lady, and I was so, so into her. And when I heard the song, the song said everything I was trying to tell her. Mm. It was like, it was like, I couldn't even describe it. I couldn't even describe how intimate that song was. Then as I began to dissect the song, I looked, I'm like, you know, they're on to something. These <laughs> they're on to something. I, I call it a masterpiece or a classic because it, it, it doesn't change. It can't change. It hasn't changed. I mean, it's mm. it's, it's, it's all that and so. Mm, but my know, really, uh, it, would, it, was, it was with a woman. I was going over something today, Coleman. I'm, it's interesting that you said it about the song, that it describes everything that you wanted to say to the young lady at the time. Yeah. And I was going over something today, and it was talking about uh, the food that we eat, and it was not the physical okay. food that we eat, far as the, the TV shows, the music shows, uh, everything that we we digest into our brain and our thinking and our thought pattern, how it affects our behavior. And um, it's interesting that, you know, even when we always try to talk about how our elders, their marriages lasted, uh, the times, the music, um, what was going on during those times were a lot different. And I think that nowadays everything is so fast paced and, uh, you know, it's all about me. It's all about my what I want instead of what we need for each other, what we need for our families. I think that that's one of the things that we need to uh, really look at and what we're feeding into our system and, and, and how we perceive life to be. Agreed. Um, you remember I, was, I started out talking about a cake? There's some essential uh, uh, rose flowers can't grow without sunshine, nor can they grow without rain. And it's a lot of things I see that we had that created us or that, that made us into the people we are today. And personally, I feel that a lot of kids are missing. They're missing dirt. They're missing, <laughs> they missing dirt. They're missing outside. They're missing uh, 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 hornet's nest and, and putting out fire ants and 
they're missing these things. And and without these things, I don't know. Um, but then again, at the same time, when I, as I think think about this, our generation is not made um, for this generation, I don't think. Uh, we have to we have to redevelop our thinking as far mm. as how to, um, how to get to these kids, how to get to this now generation. Change is going to happen whether you know whether we like it or not. Um, we have to find the things. We have to connect, help them connect with the things that uh, that can bring the best out of them. And I think whooping, dirt fights, drinking out of the hoses riding on uh, the back of the station wagon and trucks and stuff like that, it may not be for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know you had, I know in the, in the in the book you had gave the scenario about the tuna fish sandwich. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I, thought, I thought that was uh, interesting because, you know, I've never heard nobody describe it like that. Like, sometimes know, right? yeah, sometimes people will do, as we say, just the bare minimum, and then sometimes you ask your mate or your significant other for something, and they will go overboard to make sure that you're happy. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I thought that illustration was so uh, personal. When I first saw it, I actually saw it off of the, uh, some HBO special, and um, the guy said, well, like, you know, what is, what is your, uh, what is your additional, uh, how do you know when a woman loves you? He asked her. He said, ask her to bring you a tuna fish sandwich. And he said, and they look, which I, I did too, because I didn't catch it at the time. So he said, if she bring you a tuna fish sandwich and, 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 and just a tuna fish sandwich, she don't love you. They look, they asked him to further explain. If she bring you a tuna fish sandwich, a bread crust cut off, and the, I mean, with the crust cut off and a cut diagonal with a glass of milk, then you know she loves you. Mm. These are the things, when you love someone, you don't think you you don't only think about what they want. You think about what not only what they need, but what what enhance whatever they ask you for. Mm. And it's not hard to answer each other. Pay attention in the chat. Coleman is dropping drugs. <laughs> Pay attention in the chat. He giving us something. Coleman, can I ask you a question? Where do you where do you think that that comes from? Because there could be like an argument between nature and nurture, like that going above and beyond can be within somebody's nature, or it could be something that they have, they have taught, have been taught to do. Where do you think that comes from? Experience. You had to have love and law to understand that. <laughs> you can't get there from, you can't get there on your own. I can't, I can tell you the formulas, but you got to, Look, you got that. Those things come from experience. You can't. Um, we're not. We can't be men until we go through some experience. You can't be women until you go through some experience. King Solomon, in his wisdom, he said that uh, a man whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing. So as I thought, as I dissected this verse and and, and thought about it, I said, find a wife. A wife is someone that's already married. No. A wife is a woman that has prepared herself to be a wife, not to lose her womanhood, but to be a wife. And the who so far is when a man is in a position to look for a wife. I know that, you know, like I, if I know I still got some running around to do, no, I'm not a husband yet. I'm a, I need to get some things straight. But, but 
but through experience, I had to go through some spirit. I had to learn some heartbreaks. I had to learn some challenges. Thank I had to go after a girl that I couldn't get and continue to go after after her and I continue to not get her. I had to had, had I had to be at the house listening to the Manhattan's on repeat for four or five hours at a time. <laughs> How you get it? After, hey, Coleman, after you done messed up and she ain't answering your calls. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and now you're playing that, 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 once again, now you're playing that head chest like, yo, yeah. it wasn't that serious. I could have just did what was asked and yeah. I wanted yeah. to be stubborn and I done messed it all up. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Exactly. That, that, that's exactly. A, that's a very um interesting scenario how you used uh the the statement by King Solomon and 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 you use it in a way that a lot of times we we think as as a lot of us the younger generation love to say I'm husband material or I'm wifey material right. and we may think we're at a certain point in our lives where yeah, we want a husband or we want a wife, but are we are we really ready? Exactly. You know, I, and I know you do you, you do a lot of counseling with the younger uh, <clears throat> younger generation. How is uh how do you try to use your personal experience mm -hmm. to give them advice, but not hurt their development? Mm. Good question. I listen. I listen completely, and I make every effort to not to try to listen with judgment. Mm -hmm. Because until you hear a person, you can't even begin to help talk. You can't begin to communicate with them. That's the first thing I try to do, and I try to. I force myself not to ask questions, not to interrupt. And and the most my first objective is to make sure that they feel they're not being judged. What's our natural reaction as soon as we feel we're being judged? Shut down. Shut Thank Shut you. down and get defensive. Right. Yeah. I yeah. listen to I listen. And then when we listen to young kids or young people or anyone, they are not quite as crazy as we thought they were. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you read about that. They're, they they uh they are definitely uh a little more advanced than than a lot of us um when it comes to certain aspects. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and another thing when excuse me, cutting you off, I um we when you see these young kids now, we see so much energy and so much potential. We want them to get to what we have, but at the same time, we know that they gotta go through it. But I think that's the biggest thing that attracts us to the younger generation. They have so much potential and so much energy. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that that's one of the things that I I noticed that a lot of um People that have kids, you know, um, I, I have a son, and and my relationship with my son is not like everyone else's. I'm not saying that my son is special or unique or different, but I listen to a lot of people and they talk about their relationship with their kids. And my son's uh, grandmother told me at one time, you know, we we had a long conversation, and she said, you know, one of the things that helped me be a better parent to my daughter and my son was to listen and be their friend. Now, I know a lot of parents will always say, well, I'll never be my child's uh, friend. Um, 
So what I did is I did I took her advice, and uh, it changed. Not not that me and my son had a bad relationship, but it right. changed the dynamic. It became more of a, uh, as we would say, a trusting old head. <laughs> like he would look at, he still look at me as pops, but he would right, right, right. come to me and, and will come to me for advice. And even me, um, the unique thing about this podcast and understanding social media, I actually go to him and seek advice and seek counsel. And, and run some things through his head. So it gives, it opens up that, that trust avenue. Right. And if and I, I may, if, excuse me, Quinn, if I may, we, sometimes the English language is so limited in, as far as communication. When we, when, uh, you, when uh, your, your, your grandmother was talking about uh, being their friends, the word friend is not equated or equal to the same as friends as you and I or Julia and I, it's not, it doesn't mean like that. It means to have a civil social relationship that's open to communication, one that's built on trust and respect, mutual trust mm -hmm. and respect. Nice. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. Different meanings for different relationships, different types of relationships. That's words all the time, but we try to apply one word with the same definition to many situations. And in the English language, that's, that's not always applicable for the, for those for those that's in the chat <clears throat> it's that time again as usual i like to just remind you guys make sure if you're on facebook make sure you hit the like button if you're on youtube make sure you hit the like and subscribe button uh, one thing about facebook and youtube is that they base everything off of algorithm algorithms are how they suggest videos and how they suggest channels so even though you're watching and i appreciate that you're watching um, hit the like button so they can suggest the video and suggest the channel um, on both uh, avenues. So, Coleman, yes. uh, where do we go from here? <laughs> this book, this book, and where you're at now. I would like Julia to take on the project of let's look at ourselves. Let's explore the meaning of how to love ourselves. I think that's a whole book in itself. Um, uh, there are several relig um, uh, spiritual references to that, but it's still my belief that until you can love others, you have to love ourselves. I would like for her to maybe go out to, to take a chapter or take a, uh, a path into this. Because, brother, we can't, get, we can't get to B until we complete A. And I think A is looking at ourselves and uh, understanding ourselves. That's just what I think. No, I'm going to ask you a question, Coleman. Do you think, now, I'm, I know that you're, you're you're a man of certain age, so uh, as I like to say that men move accordingly. Do you think that you were, uh, you would have been as receptive if a man would have asked you to help you with this book? I think I would have, but I look at my situation as peculiar because I was always looking to learn. I was always mm -hmm. looking and, and I was always seeking to learn. And ever since I can remember, I always had a connection with God. I think I would have, but to be more, to be more specific and more frankly, some of my peers I grew up with, I don't think they would have. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the experience I had and 
without that, I don't think I had. Dude, it took me a minute and a half to get to, to get to here. And, uh, <laughs> so, you know. No, that's that's interesting. You said that because even though those are your peers and you did grow up with, the key word that you used was experiences. Everybody, even though you grew up with somebody, friends with them, you all experience different things differently. And and your connection to God is 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 how you make things easier. And how you would have been like, oh, it wouldn't have been no problem with me. Everybody else probably would have clammed up. But like, why are you calling me, asking me that, Julie? Like, what's going on? Like, everything all right? They would have been like, you know, are you okay? You're right. I agree. I agree. Because like you said, sometimes if people aren't comfortable or they, or they may not feel like they're being judged, they get very defensive. I, I always, And Coleman, I always tell Julie, I, I tell him, like, how did you get? Thank God, you know, like this is incredible. <laughs> she went up in that. She went up in the barbershop and held everybody hostage. Right? Yeah, I can actually see her doing that. <laughs> Absolutely not. But um, no, I can see and, and look and get and getting away with it as well. Um, <laughs> but you know, Quentin, honestly, honestly, I think. Um, I think any self-sustaining man would be honored and would love, they have a story to share. And sometimes we don't have the right avenue or the right venue to share it with. And when this came up with me, I was more than happy. And honestly, I think a lot of people would um, would would be honored to do that. As a matter of fact, Julia, your next project could be uh, maybe like 10 guys under a certain age, maybe 10 guys under, tw uh, under a certain age. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. You know, oh, <laughs> I apologize. That's okay. But, uh, I have, I have yeah. at least, I have at least six recommendations for the next project. So I'm excited <laughs> to do all of them, as long as they, as long as they're helping us to have these open conversations and to learn from each other and to grow and potentially improve our relationships um, with each other and as a collective. I'm, I'm happy to do all of them. Coleman, I have a question for you, though. We have um, each week we go over one of the questions in the book and a later question that 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 will come up um, uh, later on um, is one that I'd like for you to answer for us now, because we have a lot of ladies who do watch our show. So if you could. What is it that you would want black women to know about how black men love? Mm. I would like for women to know on how black men love is to listen to what we want. You know, it's um, we're not good at articulating. We we don't we're not as old as we think we are. We mess up a lot. We don't say the right things a lot, and we don't. It's not that we mean them. A lot of times we say things we don't. We mean it another way. One thing I would like, but I think it would help, and I would like for women to know is um, how to listen to us. I appreciate that. Mm. Do, you, do you mean uh, listen, listen to hear or listen to understand? Mm. Listen to grow. Mm. Mm. Yeah, listen to grow. It's 
I know we have to listen to understand and listen to hear us. So it's, it's more than just letting us talk. Or sometimes it may even be letting us talk. Sometimes women are very perceptive on things that we don't we don't know about ourselves, which is why it's so good to have a mate and piggybacking off something you said earlier, Quentin, about uh, uh, we are meant. Uh, I don't think we're meant to be single, or we're not. We're meant to be, you know, with someone, having a companion. Sometimes women have, are, are more perceptive in in what our ability is than we are. With that mm. being said, uh, and and we don't know, we we have so much stuff, and, and men have so much stuff to deal with. We have so much stuff to deal with. Um, it just comes out wrong a lot of times. But I appreciate that they would listen. Thank you. And Julia, I don't have any more questions for Coleman. Um, I'll oh, go ahead. If, if just in the chat, you guys, if you guys got any questions for Coleman while he's here, um, he's more than uh open to uh answering them. Please, uh, he's here, he's here. Chapter eight to Chapter the book, eight. So, you know, he, he doesn't mind, like I said, that Coleman's transparency is very, I'm not gonna say it's. It's very rare. Uh, a lot of people just have not been exposed to uh, a, a man of a certain age being transparent. Mm -hmm. About love. <laughs> About love. About love. Um, just one last question or one last comment from you, Coleman. What do you hope for us in our relationships for this new year? Wow. I hope that we can learn from this last year that how important togetherness is. Mm -hmm. So I hope, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Say that again, Coleman. I hope that we can learn how important togetherness is. Mm. Yeah. Um, during the COVID, during the uh, isolation part, I was listening to couples saying that, oh man, I done been with this woman for a month. I need to get out the house and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm sitting up there looking. I'm sitting up there. My thoughts were, had I had a wife, it was like, I hope this thing never ends. We're gonna mm. be in here. We ain't putting up, we ain't putting clothes on for like nine, ten days straight. <laughs> we gonna be up here in this house. And if and, and we that's how I was looking at it. If you don't say that, if you don't have that particular idea, it's something you need to look at. And that's why I say right. togetherness. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of times a person uh, don't appreciate what they have. No. Nope. So they appreciate not what they don't have. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, we're going to close the show. And uh, like I said, Coleman, really appreciate you coming on. I know that. Uh, we had tried to get you on a couple of weeks ago, and I uh, wasn't around. I, I was taking a hiatus. And I uh, yeah. really, really, really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, thank you. You know, you were, you were, like I said before, and Julia gets mad when I say it. <laughs> you guys, um, you guys created something special in in between the pages. I mean, this book is really. It is a it should be called the guide to black relationships. Uh, mm -hmm. Julia, you really you really did a, a, a masterful job, Julia, with your thirteen questions. Mm -hmm. And uh, Coleman, 
you nailed it, brother. You nailed Thank it. You. We really, we really appreciate you. Uh, uh, you represented us well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you all. Well. I appreciate the opportunity to share with you. I think, uh, and thank you for the interview. Quinn is, is it's, uh, it's an honor and pleasure meeting you, my man. Uh, <laughs> bro, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just awesome. Thank you, Julie. I'm, I'm quite sure we'll, 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 you'll be back on the show. We, uh, Joy, Joy, Julia, um, has a lot of creative ideas. We're both working on some things. We, it's funny because uh, Julia texts me, or I text her out of the clear blue, and we'll just not uh, how you doing, how your day going. We'll <laughs> send each other a whole bunch of ideas, and I'll be like, "Dang, you, I don't even know how you doing. Let me stop being rude and say, hello. <laughs> uh, how you doing? Uh, are you busy?' Or you know, I, I'll bombard her with stuff like this because." You know, one one of the things that that Julia um, did with the book, and when we met, and how we decided to do the shows was, um, when you see a a a, a ill in your community, it's one thing to just always talk about it. Um, one of the things, one of my pet peeves is, I literally uh, dislike the gender war between men and women in our community. Um, black men, this black women, this I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, because I, I love black women, so I don't understand where, <laughs> where, where people get it from. Uh, so it, it, it is bothersome. So I, if I can assist Julia in anything that she's trying to do, and vice versa, we try to be there for each other. And um, you know, we we got some things in store, and I'm I'm quite sure, uh. You're more than welcome to come back on the show. If you have any ideas or things that you want to do, just let Julia know and she'll let me know. I will. Thank you again, guys. For everybody, everybody in the chat, appreciate you guys tonight. Remember Amen. to like, subscribe, and share. Um, keep these good vibrations going on. And don't focus on the negative, the things that you cannot control. With that, everybody have a blessed night and stay safe. And remember, as Julia says, crown rules. Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Crown Rules with our host, Quentin Ford, and myself, Julia Dozier. I am the author of two books focused on the health and well-being of relationships within the Black community. My first published book, Crown Rules, One Woman's Journey to the Throne, is an explorative journey into the heart, mind, and soul of a woman. It is designed for the rebuilding of a woman's self-identity, her purpose, and her vision for her future. The book contains journaling exercises for her to document her transformation on her journey to the throne. The second edition will be available in 2021. My current book release, Crown Rules 2, How Black Men Love, is purposed to provide healing and restoration to the relationships we conduct within our race by establishing first and foremost that black men do love. The book contains interviews held with 10 black men at different ages and stages of their lives. They share the meaning, perspective, and their experience of love in their own words. Each week, Quentin and I look forward to discussing the book and one of the 13 questions asked of each man. And we invite you, our audience, to share your questions, your thoughts, your experience, and your wisdom 
as we journey through Black love. So sit back, relax, and let's talk Crown Roots. Please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe.